Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Game Talk Radio. I am your host, Greg. And today we are, as my dad used to say, a day late and a dollar short. <laughs> it is Wednesday, you're not going crazy. Yesterday was Tuesday, the day we normally upload these things. Um, but as some of you may know, I am a part, very small part owner in a new video game store that's opening up down in Oshkosh. And he's opening this Saturday. So Start Over Games will be open on Saturday. Uh, the first day open will be Saturday. And unfortunately, as things happen, as stores are getting ready to open, you realize there's a lot more work to do than you thought. And so Rob called in the cavalry, Zach and I, Zach from Press Start Games, and I are both uh, minority stakeholders. And so they invited us over to, uh, to uh, you know, to help out. And so we spent the whole day yesterday. I actually, I was going to Oshkosh anyway. I was going to go see Spider-Man with, my, with an old... Uh, um, grade school friend who was like my comic book buddy in, in high school and, and middle school. And uh, so I was going to do that anyway. So I thought, okay, let's go down to Oshkosh. We'll hit it hard. Um, I went earlier in the day. That's why I couldn't get the podcast. Done. I thought about doing the podcast then going after, but then I thought, you know what? I'm off Wednesday. I could just handle it Wednesday. And I figured you all would be okay with it. <laughs> and I, I sure hope you are. <laughs> I'll come back to two listens on the whole podcast in a whole week, but it is also 4th of July. If you're traveling, be safe and put on game talk radio and, don't try not to fall asleep while listening to my soothing voice. Um, so anyway, so we're working on the store and, and, and I get there and when I was going to open Game Trade originally, the plan was to open it on my birthday. I wanted to open it on April 9th. I thought it'd be really cool to, you know, to, to have the store share the same birthday as myself, symbolic in a sense and whatever. And uh, I was all set to open and, you know, I just, as I was inventorying that week, I couldn't get it done. You know, and I was all by myself, and I did have some friend. My friend John helped me out a lot, actually, and and so there were people helping me. But man, it was it took forever. And you know, you just have all this stuff. You're inventorying it, and then all of a sudden, you're inventorying it, and then you're inventorying it, and then all of a sudden, you look, and you still have twice as much stuff to do than you thought you had, and and it takes a long time. So I got there yesterday, and uh, and there were about uh, like three, two, three rows of games. Uh, we had a few totes of stuff that I had uh, given to the store. Zach was bringing more, uh, you know, because the thing is we want to make this place look really full. Like I, I want this, you know, I want his store on day one to look really, really full. So we've been infusing a lot of product. And unfortunately, the infusion of product uh, is just more work to do. <laughs> it's more inventory you have to do. So we got there and, uh, you know, I, I, I'm not like a dooms, I'm not, I'm not a gloom and doom kind of guy. But uh, I looked at it and I said, hey, just give you guys a heads up. I feel like right now in the morning, we are behind. I said, I just look at this. I see how much we have to inventory. I said, this whole wall is going to take a whole day. Uh, and we haven't, and that was if it was inventoried already. And it wasn't. So we got cranking. Zach, uh, Zach was inventorying stuff. And then I was setting up the walls. Rob and I were setting up the walls. Rob was gutting games. Like it was, it was, uh, it, and it came together. Uh, I, I, I had to go see the movie. I left at five o'clock came back because I was going to have, I, I met my buddy to have dinner and see the movie. And then I came back at nine 30 and then I stayed till about midnight. So I put, I put a full day's work in yesterday. Uh, the store is looking great though. Still a lot of work to be done, but Rob's got today, tomorrow and Friday morning before, uh, and until today, tomorrow and Friday before, uh, before they open on Saturday. So, you know, it, uh, <laughs> uh, it's, it's going to be open one way or another, you know, and, and he'll stay there as long as he needs to, you know, if by Thursday, I, I, I told him by Thursday, he should have everything done. And then Friday, just use it as a day to like clean up, um, 
you know, wipe down things, rearrange things if you don't like them, but just like actually have the store be ready to go. And so, so we'll see. Um, he's going to get there. Rob, Rob's a hard worker and he's going to get there, but it was, uh, it was interesting. It was fun. Like, I'm glad I got to work there and help. Uh, it's one of my favorite things to do actually is merchandising and stuff like that. So it's, it's fun. Um, and so then, uh, besides that, I was, <clears throat> excuse me, I was thinking about doing a video about Spider-Man and I'll just talk about it on the podcast because I don't want to do any spoilers yet because it literally just came out yesterday. So I might talk about it more in depth next week and have a spoiler one, but I want to at least give everyone a week <laughs> to try to see it before I feel like I have to tell you to turn off. So there will be no spoilers. Um, if you've seen the trailers, you know that Jake Gyllenhaal um, plays Mysterio. And basically the premise was that Mysterio is from another dimension. They talk a little bit about, like, in the trailer. Again, I'm not spoiling anything. This is the trailer. They show that it's, like, something about a multiverse and that, like, he's here to fight these elementals. And I'm like, that's pretty cool. Um, the movie was very good. I, I'm a big Spider-Man fan, as I've said here before many times. Love Spider-Verse. Uh, it's probably my favorite Spider-Man movie still. Uh, this one was good, though. It definitely, I, I actually was one of the few people that didn't think Homecoming was very good. I thought Spider-Man Homecoming was okay. But for some reason, they seem to have a serious lack of Spider-Man fighting in that movie i don't know i just feel like it's boring it's it, there's not any like memorable fight scenes and yeah there's the thing with the ship where like the ship's ripping apart and he does like the the feat of strength but that's not like that's whatever you know i want to see a really cool fight scene with a cool villain uh this movie delivered on that and still a little boring like there's still a lot of setup with these movies like i still feel like you know people were complaining that spider-man's origin story is tired so they shouldn't do origin stories but they're doing a really long boring origin story with this like it, it still took place in this movie last movie in this movie <clears throat> excuse me so uh but with that with that said uh it was very good though and i loved the whole take on everything um as far as i could tell there was no stan lee cameo unless i i, I missed him very quickly but it wasn't as in your face if it was there as any others uh, there's two post-credit scenes that were pretty pretty awesome um and uh one incredible the, the 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 second post credit scene like the very end credit scene is uh is a game changer it's awesome very very happy about it uh as a fan of the spider-man game and uh and the other spider-man movies and this movie and spider-man in general it was just super cool and that's all i'll say about it don't want any spoilers no spoilers <clears throat> go see it it's very fun very good <clears throat> it has this weird <clears throat> sorry about that jesus when you just wake up i guess you get a frog in your throat and doesn't want to go away all of a sudden. Um, it was fine. You know, I'm sitting here at my computer doing my, my vocal warm-ups, and everything's fine. And then uh, and then let's just get all froggy when we're talking. Uh, it has this weird sort of Euro trip vibe because obviously it all takes place in Europe. And so it's got this kind of cool, weird trip feeling to it. And I liked it. It was, it was pretty good. And that was supposed to be the final Phase 3 movie. And everything was going to change in the next ones. And, you know, I don't I don't even know where they're going to take it, which is actually, I guess, kind of exciting. Uh, my assumption is they're going to do something galactic. So I think we're going to see, you know, if you've seen uh, Captain Marvel, you're going to see maybe like the Kree, like a Kree war or uh, maybe even get into like the Galactus stuff. Silver Surfer, Fantastic Four, maybe do something like that. Uh, I could see that. And then I have a feeling that they're going to integrate X-Men sometime in the future. I know they will. But just when is the question? Hopefully not 10 years later, <laughs> but, um, but it was good. So highly recommended go see, uh, go see Spider-Man, uh, far from home. So today we only really have two stories. One's kind of a big deal, I guess. 
Um, the other one's kind of neat. Uh, so this one I probably won't do a separate video on, so I'll just kind of link this in, and then I'll, I'll do my usual setup. This will probably be a shorter one, just to be honest with you, because it's 4th of July, and I'm off today and tomorrow, and then I've got a very long stretch of days coming up where I have to work. So, <laughs> so... Um, yeah, so, uh, we'll, we'll make it short. We'll do nice, short, sweet, talk about a couple things and then we'll, we'll get on our way. Um, so then next though, I wanted to talk about, uh, they finally released some more footage, some more screenshots of the Witcher TV series that's coming to Netflix starring Henry Cavill, uh, everyone's least favorite Superman, <laughs> I think <laughs> not counting that guy that did it for Superman returns. Um, but, uh, yeah, it looks. I'm gonna be honest. It looks really good. It looks, uh, Geralt anyway looks very good. Henry Cavill's Geralt looks excellent. Um, they didn't seem to give him like the the scar so much. Uh, so, you know, I mean, I think there could be some people that might complain about realism and whatnot. Um, they show. Let's see here. I want to show some of the. I know you can't see his pictures on the podcast, but um, if you remember, we did a story a while back where the casting of Yennefer. And, um, I guess I would say the, I don't I hope this is appropriate to say, but like the lady they cast is a, is a, a lighter skinned African-American woman with dark hair. Um, and everyone's in an uproar about it because they feel like, you know, she should have been a Slavic woman. So she should have really pale skin. I get it. I do understand source material. I do understand it. Um, but also, people are complaining that they missed the look based on the game, and we do have to remember that this is not based off the game, even though they'd be crazy not to take some inspiration from the game. Uh, it, it is based off the books, and so it's their interpretation of that. And so I don't think anyone who makes that argument saying that it's not true to the character is wrong necessarily, but there's also just that perfect time for a bunch of weird racists to come out of the woodwork and and say, uh, oh, <laughs> a white woman being played by a black woman. It's, it's stupid. Um, if the actors and actresses are good, I'm good with it. If you've ever seen The Preacher, and I talked about this during the original story, if you've ever seen Preacher, uh, Tulip is played, like, I want to say in the comic, she's like, you know, a blonde-haired bombshell, and in the in the TV show, she's like a, almost more of like a sassy kind of, um, you know, like shorter, spunkier kind of girl, you know? And, uh, and then that, and that actress was, uh, African-American as well. And, and, and it was fine. Like it, the actress does a great job, so it doesn't matter. Like, I, I don't know. It's frustrating to me. It's like, you know, if you say that, how can you not say that, oh, you know, you didn't get a real medieval Slavic woman <laughs> that's lived in a thatch roof house her whole life to play the character since you want to be as realistic as possible. They're actors and actresses for a reason. They play roles. And so I understand, uh. I do understand the frustration a little bit uh, with some people, but I think you could, you could say, you know what? Uh, it's disappointing. I wish they had stayed more true to the character. Okay, now I'm going to wait and see how it looks, you know, but no, it's it's instant. Oh, screw this, screw that. Nah, whatever. To hell with it. They don't have to enjoy it then. I'm going to definitely watch it. I hope I enjoy it. I, w I won't say I will enjoy it until I see it. But uh, Geralt looks good. I got the picture up here on the podcast, and it's just, I mean, he, he, is, a, he is a handsome man. He is a striking individual. Uh, you know, they got him looking here, like the hair looks natural. Cause if you remember, we talked about when Netflix released like the teaser reel or whatever that showed like the mock-up for him and it looked like just ass. I don't even know how else to say it. It looked terrible. Uh, he had this like really fake looking long hair and, and he looked all pretty boy. It was not good. This picture has him standing on like a rock formation and he's, 
man, he looks badass, and his hair's kind of tussled. He looks angry. He's got, you know, not super clean shaven. Like, I, I see it. I can see him putting it together. And uh, this could be that nice filler for us fantasy geeks uh, since Game of Thrones is over. You know, Game of Thrones had a great run. Eight seasons or whatever, seven or eight seasons, whatever it was. And it was excellent. And uh, But that there's a void there for sure. And I've been thinking a lot about that, like what shows are going to pick up the slack and i don't know i mean hbo i don't think has anything chernobyl was a nice little you know jaunt but i think that was like five or six episodes and it's over forever um that was incredible by the way if if you are at all ever interested in power plant stuff and the nuclear stuff like man chernobyl that that was something else it's heartbreaking it's interesting it's unbelievably sad uh yeah there's a whole lot going on there so if you get a chance to watch it like watch it it's it's pretty good um, but yeah, so the Witcher TV series, I have hope. <clears throat> I didn't have as much hope <clears throat> after that first, uh, after that first picture of Henry Cavill, but I have a lot more now. I have a lot more now. I'm pretty happy about it. Um, yeah, I don't know. All right. And then we're going to get into our next story here. So I'm going to queue it up. I'm going to, I'm going to tee it up. We're going to knock it out of the park. All right. One minute, one second. I don't know why I say one minute. <laughs> Does it make sense? I literally take like one second just to pause it so I can find the break. Because I don't know if, if you know if you all know this. If I know I've mentioned this before. I don't actually edit this in. Like it sounds like I say, all right, here we go. Hey, everyone. Welcome. It's actually it is the same time. I just literally pause for like two seconds because when I'm scrubbing the video, it's really easy to see the break in audio. So I can just cut the video and then like, you know, cut off the front and cut off the back because I, I put these segments on YouTube. And so it's easy for me as like a stopping point just to be like cut cut and we're done we're in and out so so with that being said here we go all right so next up on the podcast today i want to talk about this epic game store issue with uh WiseNet and shenmue 3 there's a lot of stuff going on here and, and i'll be honest some disappointing stuff and there's there's a few angles to this and, and so i understand why we will have a few people upset at what's going on uh, and, and I think some people, rightfully so, could feel this as they do. I think some of it can be blown out of proportion. Uh, but there's also more than just what's on the surface. We're going to dig a little bit into it. So initially, though, the idea was that they announced that Shenmue 3 was going to be an Epic Store exclusive for one year. Now, when they initially did the Kickstarter, the Epic Store wasn't a thing. And so, uh, you know, everything was, hey, if you buy the game on PC, you get a digital Steam key. Yeah, digital Steam key. You could pay more for different backings to get a physical PC copy and then a Steam key. You know, these are the kind of things they promised. Uh, and, you know, as time goes on, I know things change. It was in development for years. And now, because they're being published by Deep Silver, which I could get into a whole thing about how annoying that is, where we, we kickstart an indie game by a new, you know, by a developer, and then all of a sudden they find a publisher. Then their publisher's making exclusive deals on platforms. And I know that we aren't owed anything like we're investors or anything since it's a Kickstarter, but it just would be nice if, you know, I know, and I know the money that we kicked in wasn't enough to fund the entire project, but it, you know, it's, it's just, it just really, I don't know. It just feels like why they have to crowdfund it then, right? Get Deep Silver to publish it. And who knows, maybe they only published it because it was Kickstarted, but there's that. And then there's the, now we're making exclusive deals. Now the publisher who was never even around for the beginning is making deals that are affecting the Kickstarter from the beginning, such as this. So Deep Silver makes the deal, 
with Epic Game Store to be an exclusive. Epic obviously pays them some undetermined amount of money. Essentially, whatever they figure they would lose in sales um, by not being on Steam. And Epic pays the money for the exclusives. And so then you run into issues, and this has happened with other games before. So we have people have kickstarted for a Steam key, and then they're told, well, if you want, you can get a Steam key, but it won't be until a year later. <laughs> why, why would anybody wait for that? Like, that seems like the dumbest option. And so the uh, so originally people, when this news first kind of hit, um, people... As, as they do, the internet, like, they complained, as we should, you know, as backers should. Now, I backed this, but for the PS4 collector, so I don't really care. Um, I, I shouldn't say I don't care. I have no stake in it. And so then people were, were demanding a refund, to which they were denied. Uh, and so they said, no, there's no refunds. If you want, you can change to, like, PS4 instead of PC, but we're not doing any refunds. Well, they have since changed that, which, and not only have they changed it, but Epic has changed it. And so this really interesting idea which more is just pr i mean it's 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 customer relations you have to do it i mean it's come on you know uh, but basically they're not only saying that they will offer refunds because they're offering a few different options right now so you could uh swap to ps4 wait a year to get your steam key or get a refund <laughs> Um, and so the refund was a new thing they added. And so good for them. You know, that way, if somebody Kickstarter, this maybe paid $300 and they say, you know what? I don't like what you're doing. I don't like the Kickstarter. I don't like the direction you're taking. I want my money back. They are honoring that, but it's not WiseNet and deep silver that are doing the refund. It's actually the Epic game store. And now Epic has come out and said that they're going to do refunds for any Kickstarter that they then take over as the official, uh, service for like the official stream, uh, not streaming service, the official, um, you know, like hosting service. If they get the exclusive rights to it and the game was promised to be on steam, they'll handle the refunds. Okay. Refunds are good. I mean, I think any company should offer refunds. I, I offer refunds at my store and I think it's crazy when, uh, I think it's very crazy when, uh, stores that I talk to that are in the same business as me talk about how they have very strict return policies. And I know I deal in physical goods, not digital, but this is good. This is important. This is a good step. We, you know, I think people complaining and, and having issues are what, um, you know, keep it honest. And so, so that's a good thing, right? That's all good. And I do, I do have, I'm, I'm torn on this, right? Because I under, to me, who cares? I already have like five launchers. What's another one, right? That's what you say. What's another one. And I know that's the Epic store has issues. Um, Epic store does not have a shopping cart. Uh, there's other issues. They don't have like a rating system. They don't have, you know, wish lists. I don't think I, it is, it's missing a lot of physical features. I get it. And so I understand why people wouldn't want to use it, but I also wish people would look at the developer side a little bit and understand that, you know, this is a very difficult project. And so if they need to do this, if they need to make this deal to make more money, to fund more development, to keep studios open, to pay people to work on the game. I understand why they have to make these decisions. I wish they wouldn't do it after promising, you know, to be a steam key, but you know, I, I understand it, I guess from both, from both sides, you know, I, 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 I totally understand why people are upset too. And they, I think they have every right to be because it's different from what they were promised, which happens a lot with games like this. And, and, uh, and, and so, and so it's not that, 
anyone's wrong necessarily. Uh, and I'm glad that they're offering refunds. But this seems very strange because also what they were talking about, there was an update. And this is one thing I want to talk about. There was an update on the PC version rewards on Kickstarter. So I thought, well, let's take a look at these. I'll take a look at the update on PC rewards. So they showed a picture. They talk about, they apologize, you know, um, we're not able to offer Steam keys to Kickstarter rewards at the time of the game's release. What I also don't understand, actually, real quick before I get to this, why didn't they, why can't they make a deal with Epic that just says, we have to honor the Steam keys, we won't sell the game on Steam, but we'll offer it to the people that had backed it? Because isn't that what Metro did? Didn't Metro, anyone who pre-ordered the game, got to still get it? You just could, They stopped people from pre-ordering more? Or something like that wasn't that what it was, and so I, it it is possible to split that. It doesn't have to be all or nothing. So maybe that was a bad deal that Deep Silver made, and like after the fact, they realized like, oh crap, we just we did a dumb. <laughs> so, okay. Um, so here were their stretch goals. You know, uh, Shenmue one and two cinematic shots implemented. This implemented uh, different languages implemented. The skill tree system has been changed to a skill book system. Okay, seems reasonable. Then there's five right here that say the Baisha village expanded mini games times five infiltration mission additional quest and battle event and then it just says the Baisha area has been changed to fortified castle area the features have been implemented okay so you, instead of having Baisha village you have uh fortified castle so it's just it, who cares it's a different name to call the arena okay and then the next one Baisha village expanded character perspective system could not be achieved in this game. <laughs> it's right here. Could not be achieved in this game. Someone wrote that with like a straight face. Could not be achieved in this game. That's really weird to me. So then, uh, then uh, Portuguese, they implemented the game. Uh, then they just had a Kickstarter record for a video game category. Battle system expanded, implemented. Battle system ragdoll, implemented. Battle system AI battling, implemented. Okay, uh, we're good. We're doing fine. And then there's these ones that just have dashes, and I don't know what that means. It just says battle system expanded high ground battle system, dash. <laughs> then there's like uh, mini games added, mini games kung fu mastery all implemented. Uh, then they had another Kickstarter record one, but then they do they do another one. Uh, Chaobu area expanded, implemented. Chaobu area expanded game stalls, dash. <laughs> like okay, uh, and then finally they talk about the the Beilu village expanded. Bet mini games, betting games, kung fu mastery, and then magic maze, dash, and then there was a final stretch goal which was unreached. Oh, I guess these were actually unreached goals. I'm sorry. So these last ones that had dashes, these were unreached. So some of them were actually still implemented in the game. Okay, so I can't give them a hard time about that. So never mind. Scratch that. Sorry, my bad. I I I'm terrible at reading. Um, I didn't see what was happening over here. But even still, could not be achieved in this game. That's that's, that's a little interesting. Um. Now, the, the more interesting thing, though, uh, was as I was looking through here, I caught this. And this, this really bugs me. So, uh, PS4 region, concerning refunds, they do the whole thing. And then they talk about the PC physical version. This is one of the changes. The PC physical version will be delivered on disk. However, the disk will contain the Epic Game Store installer and not the actual game data. Please note, if your region selection differs from the PS4 system region and the console setting, PlayStation Network online services or DLC may not function properly. Also be aware that a PS4 cross-region selection may cause a shipping delay. The, but let's get back to it. The PC physical version will be delivered on disk. However, the disk will contain the Epic Game Store installer and not the actual game data. What? <laughs> so, 
okay, let's take a look. How much did it cost to get a physical copy? $60 got you a physical copy on PC in an exclusive backer-only case, or $39 got you oh, as a wallpaper set. Yeah, digital copy for $29. So people paid $30 for the game on disc, and they're literally getting a disc in a case that just has an Epic Game Store installer on it. I mean, that that's pretty next-level garbage. I hate to say it. Like, this is really disappointing to me. Um, I think this is about as poorly handled as a small Kickstarter blowing up into a big one could have been, and uh, and and they whiffed. And and I have issues with some. I have issues with Bloodstained, and they canceled, you know, the the Wii U version, and there were other issues with Bloodstained, and I get it. Um, you know, some of that stuff made sense. It was just the the times, you know, shifting. This I don't know. I it's not like Steam closed and and they needed to have another store distribute their game and they had to pick it. It's like it's still there. And, you know, just use it. And so we have that. Um, and so $30, that's what $30 got you. And you know, okay, PC physical copy. You know when they put that there, they knew that there was a subset of people who want to collect physical, and there are people who want to collect PC games physical. It's a, it's more and more dead than console gaming's bed. It's been like that for a long time. Physical PCs is very hard to get because they just don't do it anymore. And so... They put that in the Kickstarter. You know people. I, I kickstarted uh, the System Shock reboot with a physical big box because I like collecting physical big box PC games as well. I can't see them. I have them off camera. But my goodness. So you charged 30 extra dollars to print a disc with an Epic Game Staller on it and put it in a case? Woof. That case better be made of like platinum or something. I mean, that's, that's pretty unreal. And I'm pretty sure the case is going to come in some garbage sealed shrink wrap DVD case. You know, maybe if we're lucky, we'll get like a big box PC game, but I really doubt it. Exclusive backer only case. Yeah. It's going to be a DVD. <laughs> it's a DVD case, the cheapest DVD case in the world. That's what $30 gets you. So anyway, uh, th that's just a few things I noticed. And it really, it really, really bums me out. Um, because I do want to play the game. And I think that it'll be good. And obviously, a lot of people worked really hard on it. It raised $6.3 million. You know, I mean, it was funded. When was it even funded? Uh, I don't remember. I feel like it was like a couple years ago. It had to be like three years ago, right? Um, I thought it used to say, oh, look, see, it says here, you're a backer. You pledged $300. <laughs> what did I get? <laughs> oh, well. Oh, boy. I probably shouldn't be doing this on camera. Um, okay. Um, so I backed at the signed Kickstarter Clay Edition. So I, I, an illustration signed by Yu Suzuki. Oh, that's pretty good. I guess that's pretty good. Hmm. Yeah, well, anyway, that's, that's, that's what I kicked in $300 for. <laughs> I thought it usually says this was successfully funded on. Um, I thought it said that. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Oh, we got 128,000 comments, though. Let's take a look through. Why not? Um, oh, boy. 12 minutes ago. This person is not not happy. <laughs> oh, boy. Been thinking it over. Full refund for me, please. <laughs> um. 
Yeah, yeah, a lot of people are really upset. <laughs> it's, there's not a lot of good look here. But, anywho, um, you know, that's all I really wanted to uh, to talk about with the Shenmue thing. It wasn't just about changing from Steam to Epic. And, and so there were other things here, too. It was It was the publisher coming in, publisher making the deal. Publisher needed to come in. I mean, they even got money from, like, Sony, too. You know, Sony kicked in. So it's like, why, why did Deep Silver have to publish this game and Sony had to kick in and we had to put in $6 million and then now you have to make exclusive deals for more money? It just, ah, I don't love it. I don't love it. But uh, hopefully, hopefully, when the game gets in our hands, it's good enough to justify it. But I, I'm just not seeing it right now. Yeah, man, that's wild. I don't know. I'm kind of sick of the whole Epic Store trash talking anyway, but it's getting to the point now where, like, literally there's, I mean, what else are you going to complain about? Epic's doing it, and they're not backing down. So, I mean, what, what are we going to do to stop playing stop playing games that go exclusive? I guess you can. Uh, I, it's, it's a hard pill for me to swallow, especially because it's not egregious. It's not like the Epic Game Store was caught murdering puppies or something, and then it's like, oh, you support pup murder. It's like, well, you just... You know, because a lot of developers do like the Epic Game Store. They like the deals better. They like the the cut better. So it's not as easy as just saying, like, they're the bad guy and, and everyone else the good guy. And that's what's kind of frustrating to me is, you know, game fans talk about how much they want to support developers. But it's what come you know, what what is the higher priority, right? Developers or their own personal what they want. And it always comes down to what they want. So they're like, oh, I support developers. Well, except if they want their game in the Epic Game Store, then screw them. <laughs> you know, it's like, but, but them putting it there helped them. That's why they did it. Eh, you know. Eh, you know. All right, so next up we have our, uh, we have a user question. Um, and then we have, first up though, we've got our, wait for it. We got our game of the week. We had the music queued up and everything. Not a total waste. <laughs> uh, okay, so my game of the week this week. And again, I know some of these I might have talked about before. So if I have, I do apologize. But I'm trying to go through more systematically this time. And actually do it in an order. So I'll know when I get through it. But basically, the game I want to talk about today is Yonoid. If you have not played it, it is an NES game. It was published by Capcom. It is uh, really fun, and yes, it's based off of the old 90s Domino's pizza mascot. <laughs> that that was, It was a worldwide phenomena. It took the world by storm. He's, he's, a, he's a little weird guy. He's got like almost like bunny ears and a onesie with a big N and buck teeth. Very creepy stuff. But anyway, so Yonoid is a pretty good 2D platformer, which Capcom was known for making pretty good ones. And... Uh, it's really fun. The first level is this really good um, kind of like dock stage with uh, rising water. And you fight bosses and you go through. I mean, it's pretty basic stuff. It's just a side scroller. But it's really fun. Graphics are pretty good. You know, for NES days, it's some really good stuff. It's It's got to be late life NES. So this looks really good. It comes in that iconic purple Capcom box. And, uh, and it's really fun. And then obviously there's pizza. Um, my copy, I have mint in the box with, with one exception, but I'm okay with it. It had Toys R Us stickers on it like that we're sealing the box shut and so it's really weird there's like this this toys r us sticker which i think just kind of adds some real neat flavor to it i guess um but yeah yonoid nes check it out it's uh it's pretty it's pretty fun i mean it's it gets really hard near the end but you know most nes games do and uh 
yeah, I don't know. It's pretty fun. It's just one of those, uh, just one of those games that's worth, uh, worth checking out and bust it out. If you only have like 10 or 15 minutes to play a game, you can bust it out for 10 or 15 minutes and have some fun. Um, all right. And so that was our game of the week, Yonoid for the NES. And then, so now we have our, our game pickups of the week, our pickup pile of the week. Uh, this pile, I, I won't lie, everybody, this pile's out of bounds. It's more so, I mean, like, technically Little Samson was the most, but I have not one, but two bags of stuff. So this is going to take a little bit to get through. <laughs> Let me dig it out of this other bag. Um, oh, Lord. Okay. Oh, Lord, give me strength. Through this pile of games. Oh, where to freaking begin? Okay, well, you know what? Let's begin at the top. All right. <laughs> okay. Um, okay, so first up, we have a few DS games. I picked up uh, Dragon Quest Monsters 1 and 2. I'm in a big Dragon Quest kick right now, mostly because uh, Dragon Warrior 2, playing that again. But Dragon Quest Monsters was basically their equivalent to Pokemon. They're DS games, which is unfortunate because I hate playing games in the DS. Um, but then I also picked up Dragon Quest VI. It was the only Dragon Quest game I did not have on DS. So I, f I finished up the Dragon Quest series. Um, original Xbox. I got a copy of Bloody Roar Extreme. Bloody Roar was one of the first fighting games I played on PS1. I absolutely love it. If you've never played Bloody Roar, so it's a fighting game. It's one-on-one. -on -one. You know, like a Tekken or a Mortal Kombat, but it's very fast. And the, the shtick about the game is that you can transform into different animals. The different characters transform. So in the middle of the fight, you kind of build a meter up, and then you get to blast into like a, a like a, a your wolf creature, or there's like a there's a uh, there's like a wolf, a tiger. Uh, I think there's a flying bug kind of thing. There's like a little mole guy. And, and so it's kind of, it adds another element to the combat because you could be whooping someone's butt and then they'll just come and be like, bro, and they'll go into beast form and they might be able to take you out. So Bloody Roar is actually a, a really good fighting game and this was the like last one they did. It's on GameCube and Xbox, but I actually would prefer it on Xbox. Um, and if you if you follow me on Twitter, you saw me tweet out about this next one, but uh, I have Mighty Number no. 9 I picked up because it was $5. <laughs> <laughs> and I tweeted out, oh, how the mighty have fallen. <laughs> but, man, talk about failed Kickstarters uh, and issues. Mighty number no. nine's way up on that list. Um, next up, I got my physical copy of Hollow Knight for PS4. Uh, Hollow Knight is a really good Castlevania slash Metroid type game. You know, kind of open world, side-scrolling RPG. Really, really, really good, great graphics. Um, and the physical was only available through Fan Gamer, I think, or I am 8 bit, one of those. Um, and then I picked up, <clears throat> let's see, we'll do this on the bottom. I tried to put some order to this madness, you know. Um, so the next up, I picked up Ninja Gaiden 2 on Xbox 360. So this was the sequel to the reboot of Ninja Gaiden that came on original Xbox. But this game just recently went backwards compatible. So I've been going through and picking up a lot of the 360 games that are backwards compatible. Because I know on Xbox Scarlet, this stuff's still going to work. Uh, because they're adding it to the store, and that's just more of the same. So I think it's cool to collect those knowing that I'll be able to still play them on the next revision of Xbox hardware that comes out. And I really like that. And I'm still hoping, still hoping that, uh, still hoping that Sony somehow, with the PlayStation 5, says you put in any PS1, PS2, or PS3 disc or PS4 disc and it works, I'll lose my stuff. 
I know it's not going to happen, okay? I have realistic expectations, <clears throat> but that doesn't mean I don't want it, <laughs> and I really want it. Really want it bad. Um, next up, I picked up Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Smash Up on PS2. So Smash Up was like a four-player, almost like a Smash Brothers Brawl kind of Turtles fighter, and it's four-player, and it's really good. The, the box art's good. Um, it didn't have that kind of cheesy, new-age turtle look to it. It had like a really classic turtles look to it. And I like it. Um, it was published by Ubisoft, and I don't really know who made that game. But I picked that up. It was $3. You know, it's not, probably not very good, but I picked it up. Um, then we had... Uh, then we had Super Mario Maker 2 came out on Friday, which uh, I have not played yet. Last Friday. Um, I've been playing Bloodstained still. I'm going to platinum that game very shortly. I'm going to beat that game's ass, let me tell you. Um... Yeah, that game. Whew. Whew. That game. It, I'll, I'll go more details next week. I'll probably do like a whole half hour podcast on Bloodstained. It's so freaking good. But Super Mario Maker 2, so it's still sealed, but I want I, I got it, and I'm going to start making levels that Jenny and I are already designing uh, levels we want to make. And then we got some oddities here. So then now we're going to get to, and I, like I said, this is a lot. I know it's a lot. It's way too much. But um, I picked up some Saturn games. One was an import, so I picked up Dragon Force 2. Uh, it's a Saturn import. It's an RPG. It's obviously all in Japanese. I'll never be able to play it. But Dragon Force did come out here. The first one did. And it's one that's on my list. I haven't gotten it yet. But when I do get it, then I'll have the sequel physical. And maybe I'll be able to get like a translated ISO sometime and I could play this. Maybe. Maybe not. Maybe someday. Uh, okay. Now here, though, this is the magic. And to set this up a little bit, um, there's a store here in town, Mojo's, that moved from their old location into the Bay Park Mall. And so when they moved, they decided to take all the best stuff from their four stores and just put it in the mall store. <laughs> and unfortunately for my wallet, they brought in a bunch of Saturn games. Uh, and again, because of Dragon Warrior, I'm back on my RPG kick again. I'm going kind of crazy with it. I won't lie. I'm getting a little out of control with it. Um, but here's what I picked up. First, Dark Savior. It actually looks a lot like Light Crusader, or Landstalker. It might even be the sequel to Landstalker, the way it looks. It looks a lot like that, actually. I wonder if it is. That's a good, you know what? Let's look it up. I, I got time to burn, right? We got time to burn. Uh, Saturn Dark Savior. We're learning things. We're learning things today. Um, it's an isometric 3D mixed video game for the Saturn. It was referred to as GameStop as a sequel to the developer's game for the Sega Genesis Landstalker. <laughs> Yeah, look at that. Uh, Greggy. Oh, Greggy was right. This game came out uh, August 30th of 19, uh, December 12th, 1996 in North America. And it did not save the Saturn. <laughs> um, but Dark Savior, it's like a isometric 3D platforming action RPG. Then here comes the magic, though, right? You know I was saving the best for last. You know I saved the best for last. First up, one of the chonky boys on the Saturn, Albert Odyssey. Albert Odyssey awesome looking rpg i've never actually played it but it's working designs it's rpg it's exclusive to saturn i bought it 130 dollars, i think i don't know then another working designs game shining wisdom hi kitty cat what do you want you want to be on the podcast squeak for everybody in the podcast <laughs> yeah get out of here you little squeaker my cat doesn't meow she squeaks um shining wisdom uh I believe it's in the Shining Force series of games. But in any case, 
Uh, this was uh, over 100 bucks. This is also expensive. It looks really good. It also looks like an action RPG. Um, I should probably play it, right? Spending all these money in these games. I, I know one day I will. Like one day I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be retired or the store will burn down or something and I'll be all, I'm just going to play through my games, y'all. And uh, it won't happen, but maybe one day. But this was the heavy one. This was the, the heaviest of heavies. This is the chonkiest of boys. I got a copy of Magic Knight Ray Earth. Again, another working designs RPG. Uh, it was, you know, about three bills. <laughs> like this game, this game is hard to find and it is just dead, man. It's just beautiful condition. And, oh, working designs back in the day, if you don't know them, they were basically a company during the Saturn and PS1 era that were bringing out Jap, bringing games from Japan. Like they were a publisher basically. And they were, they were taking these games that probably weren't going to come here, going through the effort to translate them creaky old arm uh, translating them and then releasing them oftentimes with uh in on ps1 they had lunar one and two arc the lad uh they eventually did like growl answer on ps2 i think and so they did these really elaborate collector's editions it was really really cool and sadly the business model couldn't sustain itself i guess after they got more popular the companies were probably like oh yeah publish our game and pay us more money than you used to and he's like you know he's we used to just take obscure games that weren't going to come over and now it's you know different story uh but working designs was a great company uh, in the interim there for a while and unfortunately uh, they no longer exist and they were picked up by companies like Xseed and some other ones that do similar things but don't put the effort into the collector's editions like they do and so the uh, uh, these games are all just great like the, all the workings design stuff has these really cool kind of hollow foil booklets and they just really went the extra mile to kind of make the game special you know I think it's something we miss nowadays um, all right and then so my user question of the week and, and then we'll get out of here. We'll get you guys onto your 4th of July vacays. And uh, and hopefully you you have a good one. Um, this question comes in. Would you be up for a donation-based way to vote on which games you play for your charity stream this year? Are there any games you'd be able to speed run or randomize run? So um, if you don't know, every year I do a 24-hour live stream. It's coming up at the end of October, early November. It's whenever uh, Twitch does like the... the um, uh, I always want to say let's play. It's not let's play. My God, it's um. I can see the it's like the controller with the wing. Extra life, the extra life stream, and so they do. Twitch sponsors like a twenty four hour extra life stream. So I like to do my stream then, and uh, so would you be up for a donation based way to vote on which games you play? I would be up for that. I would be up for that. Uh, it, it would have to be in blocks because. And this is going to sound really weird, but playing games for 24 hours is actually kind of difficult. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. It's actually very difficult. So the trick, though, is to have something that always grabs your attention. And so uh, I would say maybe what I could do is in the morning, like maybe in the first four or five hours, I could do something like, hey, I'm going to play a retro game and you get to pick out of like these, like every dollar donated gets one vote towards something like that's a really cool idea. I like that a lot. Um, if it would help, I would, I would think that'd be pretty cool. Um, and, uh, so if there was a way to do that, that'd be awesome. Um, and then the second part of the question was, are there any games you'd be able to speed run or randomize run? Uh, not well. Um, <laughs> the only game I've ever attempted to speed run was double dragon three because I used to love that game as a kid. Most people don't like that game. I think most people wouldn't speedrun it. And I've played it a bunch of times. Uh, most people can't even beat that game, let alone speedrun it. But I think I could. And so I'd like to... I, I, I thought about practicing that before, like on stream. Just Double Dragon 3 world record practice. 
or or something like that, like no glitch. Because I don't like to do stuff like that either. Like I don't want to use glitches and stuff. I just want to play the game straight. But I and a lot of people don't speedrun it, so there's not like a lot of extended strategies out there for it. Um, but if I was gonna speedrun any game, it would be it would be that. Now, as far as a randomizer goes, I think some of the link to the past randomizers would be cool. But also, apparently on PC, there's Dark Souls randomizers now. And I, I, something about that just seems really intriguing to me. It'd be like playing the game for the first time over again, having to go to different areas to get a different key to get to a different spot. It's, it'd be pretty awesome. Um, but Link to the Past or like Dark Souls Randomizer, I think, would be, would be pretty awesome. Um, and that is it for the podcast today, everybody. Thank you so much for, for hanging out. Uh, thank you for listening, as always. If you are listening to this on SoundCloud, you can subscribe on iTunes. Search for Game Talk Radio, just like on SoundCloud. Uh, if you want, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Game Trade Greg. Uh, look me up on there. It's pretty fun. I tweet pictures of the cool stuff we get in um, and also uh, and also other stuff. <laughs> and I retweet funny things. Um, and uh, And, of course, if you haven't, um, we're on our way now to, we are, we're on the road to 6,000 subs on YouTube. So, uh, if, if you could go to youtube.com slash drop rate, drop rates, a collaborative YouTube channel between me and two other guys, Jordan and Jeremy. And, uh, um, and you can see if you don't feel like listening to the whole podcast, you can see oftentimes I take the clips and just upload them there, like the different stories. So there's that. And then, um, Yes, that is that it. No, and then uh, Twitch. We we do our drop rate podcast every Monday night, unless there's something going on. But every Monday night, around 7 p.m. Central Time, and we do uh, we do that at twitch.tv slash the drop rate. And so definitely check it out. Twitch. Uh, that that that's a fun one because I, I call that Greg after dark. So like the uh, the language filter comes off. Uh, I pretty much will say anything I want to say. This podcast because I do I do want to keep this pretty PG. Maybe maybe leaks into PG 13 occasionally. Um, that one, uh, I'm dropping bombs. It doesn't, <laughs> so if you prefer a, a, a Greggy after dark, uh, I will, you can hit me up there anytime. So thank you again, as always, so for listening and watching, I, I only really do this and, and it's funny. Like I thought about it and I thought, you know, it's for the July week. Probably people would understand if I just didn't want to do a podcast, but then I'm like, it's not that I don't want to do a podcast. I do want to. Um, it's just that, uh, obviously a lot of stuff going on to be nice just to relax and, and whatever, and, and hang out and BS around. Um, but I'm going to do that anyway. And I'm going to do that as soon as I'm done here. I just have to upload the Shenmue clip to YouTube, and then I got to figure out some other game. I have to do some other game because I have to do a minimum of... We basically... I like to do a minimum of three videos a week. And uh, and so I got to get something up there. So we had the podcast on Monday. I have the Shenmue video go up, and then I'll probably play something. Um, if you didn't see the video, last week I played... A, tur- a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles fan-made game called Rescue Palooza. It plays like the old Turtles arcade games, but every character that's ever been in a Turtles TV show, movie, or game is, like, playable. It's unbelievable. It's it's freaking cool. Um, So check out that video if you haven't. Uh, just search for Drop Rate Rescue Palooza or, you know, something like that, and, and you can find it. Or go to the Drop Rate channel, subscribe to us, and look, it, it was out last week. Um, Great freaking game, though. Great freaking game. Um, All right. Thanks, everybody. I'm out. uh, We'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.